0: One small thing that will change your company forever. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention, fantastic conversation each and every week. Jason, hello to you. Uh, Hello, and uh, great to
1: be back with you, Dale.
0: So I understand that you had a conversation recently that uh, figuratively knocked you off your chair. It was so
1: profound,
0: but uh, simple.
1: Yeah, it was. And after it happened, I thought, one, how could I have missed that? And then I thought, wow, the most simple of things can have a profound effect. So let me give you the, uh, the back story. There's a group called Inside Public Accounting. And what they do is basically all accounting firms in the United States or all the good accounting firms in the United States are members, and they submit all of their financial data to them. And then the data comes back to them so they can see how they rank against their competitors and employee engagement and profit, revenue per employee per year and profit per employee per year. And that exists in many industries. So the Platt Group works with public accounting firms. And uh, they've got this big conference coming up that I'm going to be keynoting this week. And so, as everyone knows, I always talk to the CEO. And then the next thing I do is I conduct about 10 or 12 other conversations with people who are going to be at the event. So this week, I was making those calls. And one of the calls was scheduled with a woman by the name of Patsy O'Brien. And Patsy is the chief operating officer of Smith & Howard. It's an accounting and advisory firm in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, What sets them apart is this is a firm that has been consistently, the last three years in a row rated the number one CPA firm in America. So predictably, they're doing a lot of things right. They run a great company, and I was having a wonderful conversation with Patsy. And we were just about to conclude the call, uh, and I was about to say goodbye when she said, oh, hold on, wait a minute, there's one more thing I need to tell you about, uh, something we do here before we wrap up. And then she told me what they do. And it's gonna sound simple, but when you consider how profound it is, As I said, it almost knocked me out of my chair. She said, as you might imagine, she said, we have lots and lots of meetings in this company. And she said, many years ago, we started doing something. It just seemed to be common sense. She said, every meeting, whether it's with two or three people or whether it's a big firm-wide meeting or it's a meeting of uh, 10 partners in the company, every single meeting we have, we begin by doing the exact same thing. Somebody takes out the firm's values and reads them aloud for the assembled group. And I went, wow, imagine the power of that. And then she went on to add, she said, you know, we've never had a decision that we had to make that could not be made very easily in a meeting in accordance with the values of the firm. Now think about the consequences of a company, small, medium, large, whatever size, beginning every meeting by giving the guiding values to somebody, and say, here today, you be the lector. Here today, you be the reader of the values. Just imagine how present that would cause everybody in the meeting to be. Just think how reflective that would cause everybody in the meeting to be. And so I thought I would also share with you the firm's eight values. I think they're great eight values, but the values are not as important as what they do with them. They begin every meeting by having somebody read them. So here are their values. Number one, our clients' interests will always come first. Number two, we help our people be the best they can be. Number three, we are committed to excellence in every single thing we do. Number four, we have integrity and we live our values. Number five, effective leadership is crucial to our future. Number six, it's passionate service that drives our growth. Number seven, profitability is crucial to our future, and eight, we grow stronger together. Now, as you and I have talked about having a set of guiding values, guiding principles before, I don't think it's as important as what those values are, is that everybody in the company or the firm knows what those values are and is empowered to make decisions in accordance with the guiding principles. Because one of the things it does is it pushes decision-making downward. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you have to make a decision. You don't get engaged in paralysis by analysis every time a decision has to be made if everybody knows, believes in, and practices the guiding principles of the organization. So I happen to think that Smith and Howard's values are a great set of values, but I don't think that's the most important thing about them. I mean, I think about the enormity of beginning every single meeting by somebody being the reader of the values. And taking that moment, it's thoughtful. It's almost like prayer, if you will. It's like saying, here are the things we believe. Here's how we make our decisions. And everybody's on the same page. And I've been thinking about this a lot. And then I'll, I'll let you ask a couple of questions. But I've been thinking about this a lot. And I did not get into this with Patsy O'Brien. But I can just imagine in an organization like Smith & Howard, if you hired somebody and they were working in the firm and they said, I think those values are you know, just a bunch of junk. Well, I mean, I would say that that person would not be employed by the firm. Just imagine the power of having everybody in an organization united around a set of guiding principles and values. So there you go, Dale. It is so simple. Begin every meeting by having somebody read your guiding principles and guiding values. And as Patsy said, you can't believe how quickly we make decisions. We've never been stymied. We've never not been able to make a decision in accordance with our guiding principles. you think that's big or what? What I go to is when a business is going to be
0: profitable, they've got to be efficient, right? And you talk about an efficient way to make decisions. As I read through those, as I listened to you give those, I just thought about any question that comes up for that leadership team. They can usually point back and get a North Star really quick. By looking at those values, our clients come first. We help people be the best they can be. We're committed to excellence, integrity, effective leadership, passionate service, drives growth, profitability, crucial. We grow stronger together. So I see it's just a fantastic decision-making tool. But for the business, let's do a little bit of a recap and go back to some previous episodes way back in the playlist. But uh, for the company that says, you know what? I don't feel like our values, our guiding principles are where they need to be. How does that leader start identifying the list
1: for his or her business? I think the leader, my experience, and I mean, this is something that myself and my research teams have studied, asking the question, where do the guiding principles come from? Well, generally, the companies that we've studied, the guiding principles really came from the founder or the first generation of leadership. They said, These are the things that are important to us. I think of uh, J.M. Smucker, this remarkable company. And as they said, a lot of things have changed here in 100 years, but one thing that never changed were values. So where did they come from? They came from the founder. But let's say you're an organization that doesn't have a set of guiding principles, and I believe that happens to be most organizations pay lip service to having a set of guiding principles. I think it's the person at top who has to initiate it. So that's the owner uh, that's the founder. That's the person charged with the responsibility of moving the form forward And because I think the values are always a reflection of them, and I think that they have to come up with a list of four or five guiding principles. Then they have to gather a few of their trusted people who are on the same page as they are about what is the direction of the firm or what is the direction of the business or where do we want to go and they've got to get together and they say, okay, here's this starting list of four or five guiding principles that I feel very strongly about. What would you add to the list? What have I missed? I don't necessarily think. I love the whole idea of collegiality. I love the idea of soliciting input from everybody in the firm But I think you've got to begin with this list, which is a reflection of the person or persons charged with running the organization. I think that's got to be the starting point. And then I think you can involve other people. In fact, I think you'll short yourself the stick if you don't involve other people. And then I think you can begin circulating these as a proposed set of guiding principles and saying, uh, what have we missed? What would you add? This is our take. What would you add to this? And I think that's the way that you come up with that final list of guiding principles and you don't do it by vote one day the person in charge says you know these were my guiding principles then i went to my co-leaders and i asked them to help us expand the list and then we asked everyone else what they thought was important and and very often suggestions come from the most unlikely of sources and then you've got to kind of drill that list down to about five six or seven guiding principles and again i'm going to say it one more time i trust everybody to have a good moral compass and come up with a pretty good set of guiding principles. But once you come up with the set of guiding principles, and here's where most organizations fall short, they send them out in a memo, they post them on a wall, they put them on their website and absolutely nothing happens beyond that. So what I think is so powerful and what I was able to learn this week from Patsy O'Brien, the CEO at Smith and Howard, is how you can actually use these to keep them alive, within an organization and make them a, a living document, which we use to make every decision.
0: And you mentioned it, but I'll, I'm going to go back to it, the importance of these principles in the hiring process, because everybody has to
1: buy in. Yeah, let me hold forth on that for a moment. One of the ways that companies lose vast amounts of financial resources is when there's a job opening in the firm, they begin hiring people or interviewing people based on their capability. And uh, they go through the capability interviews one, two, or three times. They're interviewed by several people, their educational background, their accomplishments are vetted, and then they're offered a position. Well, so far, there's been no talk about the guiding values of the organization. Really, the first interview should be, you should know a little bit about us and what our purpose is, what we're trying to do, and what our guiding values are, because that way, somebody who does not buy into the purpose of the organization or the guiding values can opt out before you invest any other money. I mean, to wait three, four or five meetings, make an offer to somebody and then have their first, their first exposure to the guiding values or guiding principles be in an orientation session. What a waste of time. That should be the very first meeting.
0: And then repeat them often. Every single meeting. Start with it. That's fantastic. Okay. Any final words for us?
1: Yeah. I mean, if anybody else has any other ideas, I mean, we write about it broadly in a couple of my books about making the guiding principles or guiding values this this vivid living document with an organization. Uh, if anybody else is aware, of people who are doing something like Patsy O'Brien is doing at her accounting firm, love to hear them or hear from them. And uh, I'm all over email 24-7. It's uh, Jason at Jason-Jennings.com. And uh, listen, it's a holiday season coming up for almost all of the world's major religions. Time for gift-giving. You know, buying a book. The Reinventors or the high-speed company, I think Big Act Small, might not be a bad idea. How's that for a plug? Fantastic.
0: It is. They're all on my bookshelf, so, and have been read. Recommend it. So this, uh, you know, Jason is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. You can find out how to arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference and learn about his fees and availability. Just check out the website, jason com. Click the contact button and follow those instructions. You also have his email address directly. That's a way to, to contact him. So, once again, thank you. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Go out and talk about your values this week. You've been listening to The Game Changers Leadership Lessons in Speed, Productivity, Growth, Innovation, and Reinvention with Business Thought Leader, Best Selling Author, and Keynote Speaker Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.